Welcome to a new episode of It Be Your Own People, a new podcast about what's going on in pop culture and being a POC in today's social environment. Because sometimes it be your own people. Maybe it's your brother, sister, or friend. Karen at the job or Karen next door. A leader of the movement you thought you could trust. Most of the time, it's somebody you already know. Beware the wolves, y'all. And now more than ever, people are showing you who they really are. And you need to know who you can trust. Hey everybody, we have another episode of It Be Your Own People. Let's jump into this cocktail of the day. I'm having an espresso martini. And hey girl, Sally, what you having? I'm still on my healthy tip over here, you know, trying to win this nutrition challenge. So I have me a freshly pressed carrot juice, but I made a Caribbean style girl. You know what that means? What do you mean? They got all the ginger, all the lime. And just a little bit of honey for that extra sweetness. Oh, I like that. See, that's how you get me. I will get up on, you know, the workout if you put some money involved in it. Because, hello, you got my attention there. But for right now, let's discuss. So uh, we're doing a little Kardashian edition because they are always busy and messy. So what are they doing now, Sally? Girl, you know, I really do not be agreeing with the way that they maneuver with each other's ex-boos, new boos, ex-boos turn new boos. But what you're doing if you with your boo, right? And y'all break up and then your family decides to still remain really close friends with your ex. I don't know. I'm not having it. Like once it's done, all the communication needs to stop. And this is hard, especially for parents, but you need to realize it's over, it's done. Don't bring up their name, none of that. Yeah, my family is with the shit. So if I don't like you, they don't like you, point blank, period. And you don't need a reason why. If I told you it's over and it's done, let it be. Mm-hmm. So what about showing up to your sibling's ex's party? No, I'm not doing that because I'm also with the shits. And if my sister don't like you, I don't like you. I'm with you. But you see, this is a Kardashian edition. So I don't know why Kendall had to show up to Kanye's listening party. And you know, Kanye been doing the most with your sister and talking about all the secrets in the family. So why are you showing up to this party, girl? I know that y'all are famous, but you got to pick. You got to pick. And you picked the wrong side. The only way I see it could be if Kendall thought that this was her way of trying to maintain and keep the peace because they are so fiery back and forth in the socials. But yeah, girl, there are like a million other parties that you get invited to on a regular basis. I'm sure you could have gone somewhere else. No, there is no keep the peace. You got to be done with it. Just like how everyone in the family is currently unfollowing Kanye, except for the mama, because, you know, she got to keep tabs on him. Yeah, mama just, she got to know what's being put out there about the family, because the family is her investment. That's her business. So she minded her bag by making sure that she needs to see what crazy is you doing. I love this so much because... Everyone needs to unfollow them. And I say it's done, unfollow that motherfucker, except for one. I need one person to have eyes. You know what I'm saying? Like, even though I don't want to know, I mean, it's good if someone just keep, you know, sees what's going on over there and be like, oh, you know what? You know, if I'm having a bad day, just let me know that they ain't doing so well, right? Just saying. I'm I'm glad you brought this up because my little sister, she stayed with that um, following ass energy. I had an ex slide into my DMs not too long ago wanting to know why my sister had him blocked. And I'm like, she don't need to know. We're not together. So she don't need to know shit about you. 
exactly obvious reasons why you block dude but on the other hand it's also just you know good to keep tabs like we have a friend you know sometimes you just got to get the fake account and see what's going on over there Mm -hmm. but moving on what about getting engaged to your sibling's ex from way back when that's oh hell no i don't understand how friend groups or even families how y'all dating the same people there are so many people in this world no never Never. there are three billion people or 300 billion people on the earth why do i need to get with somebody who done smashed my sibling that's nasty I don't care how many decades pass. It's a no. I don't care that y'all was kids then and y'all grown now. Mm-mm. I mean, there's no fathomable reason. Like, there are so many options available to you in the world. Why you got to go after your sibling sloppy second? Get off each other's plate growing up. You you mean to tell me now you're comfortable with dating somebody they dated? That's even worse. Uh-uh. Make it make sense. It's straight up nasty. And what about constantly defending a cheater? That sounds like somebody might need therapy. <laughs> no, I'm just being, I'm just keeping it real. Yeah, I can't get down with that. And the thing is, regardless of what's actually happening, you know, if there's kids involved, there's marriage involved, I don't know, a cheater's a cheater. I don't know if I can get over it, but you know, whatever you decide to do is your business. I don't have to like the person. So let me be, okay? I mean, if there's one thing I will do is out of respect for my family, I will keep it cute. I will keep it classy. I'm not going to be out here making a scene, throwing bottles or, you know, throwing bows with people, even though that's really what I want to do. But in terms of defending why somebody cheated, no, there's no defense for that. Well, for me, I can't say what I will or won't do. If the opportunity presents and I need to make a scene, Well, then that's what shall happen if you need to understand where I'm coming from. But other than that, you will be ignored. Because that's really the classiest way to do it. Because people think that the opposite of love is hate. No, the opposite of love is indifference. And me not giving a fuck about you is the best way that I can move on. And the opposite of love is still loving to shit on you. Remember that. But what about (laughs) constantly ignoring or defending a delusional ex-husband? Again? Therapy saves lives. Like, y'all really be playing on the mental health, but talking to somebody could really go a long way. And then you will finally realize why defending someone who is delusional, a narcissist, maybe even abusive in some way, is not the move. Yes, true, but also it's therapy and it's medication. Like, you got to do the work to get better. You can't just be out here on your tirades every other day. And then, Literally, after you do something, you want to cry wolf or delete and say, sorry, I shouldn't have done that. Like, there is no apology if it keeps happening. Not at all. Not at all. Speaking of delusional, what about getting with your exes lookalike? So you're over your ex, right? But you're still dating somebody who could still be their carbon copy. No, I don't like that. Not one bit. I mean, there's there's one thing with having a type. There's another thing with you're not over me, so you try to get another bootleg version of me. Come on now. I can relate. This has happened to me on more than one occasion. Well, this has also happened to Kim K on more than one occasion. Uh, Reggie Bush. Hello. You're so right. His current wife that he has children with looks very similar to Kim. Because he also dated that other girl, too, that looks a little bit like her. Ooh. And now Kanye has an exact want to be upcoming who knows what she's trying to do look alike of kim that he's running around with 
it's just it's a no for me because y'all doing too much and it's giving troll energy it's giving you need to move on however you want to move on do it without a lookalike or anything resembling me and now what about saying you're gonna beat up your old booze new boo again you need help you need serious help and you're doing too much honestly unless this person directly came to you and was threatening to you in any way shape or form but why are you out here threatening to throw bows or be somebody up who has never said anything directly to you has never said anything malicious from what i could tell I think in Kanye's defense, he is trying to show like, listen, I want our love to work. I will fight for you, girl. But guess what? You know, when a little is a lot and it's way too late, that is what this is. Now, normally when somebody fucks up, you want them to fight for the relationship and you'd be like, oh my God, my man wants me back. Okay. But this is no, this is not it. And we really need to stop normalizing this narrative of so romantic. They won't leave me alone. They're obsessed with me. That is not romantic. It's actually quite toxic. Very toxic. I'm glad you said that. And speaking of toxicity, let's say, you know, in this era of trying to co-parent with your soon-to-be ex. But in an effort of good faith, you want to show support for their businesses and the things because the kids still got to be fed, you know? But would you have your currently estranged boo come and support you while you are on a show kissing your new boo? I say yes. It's the right level of petty for me. Because if I done told you it's over, we already estranged, and I am moving on, I'm making all the dollar bills and making money, and I got a new man. And you want to come and support me? That's great. You, you're coming to support on your own goodwill. But what I'm going to do is continue talking to my new man. And uh, if you happen to see a kiss, you know, a little tongue slide up in there, hey. But um, I already told you it's over and I've moved on. As per usual, you know, I co-sign on all the petty and this would be a yes for me because if it was really that important to you and you wanted to keep that thing, you should have kept doing the right things to keep it. Okay. Exactly. And now this last one, coming for your ex-mother-in-law's relationship on the socials, knowing that this family is sort of private in the most open way, like they're private, but they show us what they want us to see. You know, it's not right, Kanye. You can't come for Mama Jacris and her man. She is not going to let that slide. So you better watch your back. And also, this is just tacky and tasteless for you to do that. Like, the issue is between you and your ex-boo, whatever. The issue is not between you and that person's parents. Like, come on. Yes, but also, I have a big issue with Kanye coming after another Black man who's minding his business and trying to get his relationship and his money on. This is true. Corey does not say shit. He be in his own car, minding his own lane. He shows up with a nice shaved head. He's at every picture smiling and he is by his woman's side for the past, I don't know, five years now. He's minding his business and he's getting his monies on. So why are you coming for him? Kanye, that's the lowest of the lows to come for another black man. Leave him alone. If he is happy, leave him alone. Hey friend, looking for a way to satisfy that sweet tooth? Whatever life throws at you, the Functional Chocolate Company's got you. Visit funchill.co and use promo code IBYOP22 to get 20% off your first purchase. That's F-U-N-C-H-O dot C-O. And now let's get into this. What the fuck news? Oh boy, Tree, we really need to consider changing the name of this segment from what the fuck news to what the Florida. Because 
Florida is back at it again. And this time they are pretty much trying to make it illegal to say gay or anything of the like in the schools and keeping the teenagers away from their true identities. I can't. It is really crazy and sad. So Florida's House Committee passed an updated version of its parental rights in education bill. And it's known as the Don't Say Gay Bill. What? Which would ban classroom discussion on sexual orientation or gender identity. I mean, parents could also sue schools if they believe the school violated these laws under the House and accompanying Senate bill. What is this about? Like, you can't keep your children from knowing about the things that they need to know. If someone identifies as something, then the schools want to teach about it. Let that happen. If you want to keep your child from certain discussions and conversations, that is fair. But they're also going to see this out there in the world. So what are you going to do? This also feeds into that whole bullshit narrative that conservatives like to lean into about, I don't want my kid to turn gay. That's not how that shit works. Like you are born the way that you are. And if anything, I would appreciate for my child to be able to get as many different perspectives as possible. So even if they don't identify with this particular identity, they can learn perspective for others who do. And they can be sensitive to what other teenagers are going through. And the sad blackity black ass truth is that it's not just Florida. Other states are proposing bills to restrict how LGBTQ and identity issues and history are taught in schools. So Oklahoma is on their bullshit. And in addition to restricting how these issues are taught in the classroom, they're also prohibiting librarians and teachers from distributing materials, being able to outright discuss any form of non-procreative sex, gender identity, and lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender issues, which I think is a big-ass load of bullshit. Definitely bullshit. I do, however, think that there should be an age limit to when they start teaching this. Like it should be in high schools, maybe start at 14 or 15 and up. I think the real danger, too, is that it prohibits students from being able to live in their truth. And we've already seen how detrimental it is for children to come out. We've already seen how detrimental it is to be in this age where you're trying to find yourself. So now having that restricted in both the home and at school, it's like, where's your escape? Where is your time for you to be you in a safe space? And these snakes on these mother effing planes just do not be playing. So there was a real true to life Samuel L. Jackson moment where a flight that was en route from Kuala Lumpur to Taiwu on February 10th, it was an Air Asia flight and several passengers realized that there was a snake on board the aircraft. What? There were all these videos circulating on social media where someone shared an image of a snake slithering through the plane's light fixtures. I'm pretty sure that's exactly how it happened on that one movie with Samuel L. Jackson. That's how they found the one snake. It was in the lights. So the pilot got word of the unexpected extra passenger and the plane was rerouted to the city of Kuching. Honestly, I can't tell you that I'm going to be cool, calm, and collected. I most definitely am not because on a flight, what I'm doing is I'm relaxing, I'm having a drink, and I'm going to take a nap. Can you imagine if I'm napping and I, you know, I move around or something and I see a snake on me or above? Oh no, I'm yelling, I'm screaming. No one's going to be able to keep me calm. Can we talk about the real scenario of as soon as I get on the plane, I'm drinking my drinks. And if I get awoken in my drinkity drink slumber because there is a snake on the plane. No, not me, not I. And I would be very hard pressed to get back on the plane. And you know what was crazy, too? The representatives from the Air Asia uh, flight company, they said this is not as uncommon as people would think. 
I, I don't get it. I don't know. I just don't understand. Also, what kind of snake was it? Was it poisonous? Was it benign? And what is a snake doing so close to the airport and on the plane? I don't know, but let's move on to another how. A veteran wins $4 million after playing the numbers he found in a fortune cookie. You know what? Every time I get me some Chinese food, I'm going to start asking for more fortune cookies because I need this in my life. No, not just asking for the fortune cookies. You need to start recording the numbers that come in the fortune cookie because that's how he was able to win all those AMs, girl. You're right. I need to start playing them. Okay, so a retired Army veteran from North Carolina just became a multi-millionaire. He played the numbers he got from a fortune cookie into the mega millions that took place on January 25th. Damn. Mm-mm-mm. And you know, that's actually my sister's birthday too. I should tell her that she needs to start ordering more Chinese food, recording the millions numbers so that we could win the jackpot. Gabriel Fierro, 60, of Cornelius, North Carolina, won all of the luck when he cashed in his $3 lottery ticket. And from those $3, he got himself a whopping $4 million. Talk about return on your investment. Damn, and he said he doesn't normally play, but he tried on a whim. So, well, he doesn't normally play from, you know, fortune cookie numbers, but he tried on a whim. So I'm happy for him because I'm glad that it went to someone who actually needs it. We know that many veterans usually fall up on hard times and have issues trying to find like steady work or really just live after they've served. So I'm happy that it went to him and not some, you know, old couple that already has a lot of money. Speak on him. And talking about luck that may not have been as good. A woman gets stuck at a blind date's house after a swift COVID lockdown in China. Oh, this is a whole new spin on Love is Blind, girl. I'm sorry, blind. why was she going to someone's house for a blind date? So apparently she was talking about how she's a 30-year-old woman now. She posted this video on the socials where she was talking about getting locked down with this man. We only know her as Miss Wang. She went to meet her blind date for a home-cooked dinner in her hometown of Shenzhou, China. And this was a blind date set up with people from her family. So she was known to him by her family members. And I guess she felt a little bit safer going over to his house. And he really wanted to show off his cooking skills. So he invited her over. Girl, I don't care if my family knows him. I see why you're single. You're dumb. I'm still not going over. (laughs) I'm not going over to a blind date house. A blind date house. That doesn't even make sense. Do you hear yourself? No, it's on top of the safety issues of you just going to somebody's house for the first time that y'all ever met. You're going over to somebody's house to eat dinner over there. I don't know how this man lives. I don't know if he's got cats that he lets climb all up and down the motherfucking stove and shit. And also cooking you food. Like the thing is, I get that your family knows him. That's great and fine. But they don't know him as they've never dated him. Do you know what I'm saying? They don't know him and how he dates. It's one thing to know him, which is fine. That's why it would be even better to meet in a neutral place. Why are you going to this man's house on a first date and you never even seen? No, girl. That is a very good point because who you are in the dating world is completely different from who you are at the job, who you are at the family reunion, who you are at grandpappy's funeral. Like it's different people. And so this woman said, I'm getting old now. My family introduced me to 10 matches. The fifth date, 
wanted to show off his cooking skills and invited me over to his house. So you went out with four other people, fine. And then the fifth person, you just decided, hey, let me go over to his house just because your friend. First of all, your family knows that many people to set you up with. I mean, that's really good. Your family should start a business. I'm just saying. This is very true. They might have some little matchmaking hustle on the side. But also, girl, that is a no. Miss Wang, I'm going to need you to do better. And I'm sorry that you were stuck there for lockdown. But I hope y'all found some sort of a love connection. Because if not, well, then you're just still dumb. That would make a really good meet cue if they ever did end up together, though. I could see that being a Netflix movie. Yeah, I will watch that on Netflix for sure. But you know what I won't watch on Netflix is some dummy trying to one-up the government by putting rubber foam arms onto his body to avoid getting the actual COVID vaccine. So this dentist in Italy needed a vaccine certification. He didn't want to get the vaccine shot. So he attempted to trick medical workers with a fake arm. Why? Make it make sense. Also, I would hope you know, I would assume that people who work in the medical field would be pretty astute as to be able to tell the difference between a real arm and a fake arm. I would hope. Exactly. So last month, Italy passed a mandate saying that you need to be vaccinated to get into bars, restaurants, theaters, and, uh, you know, other places where people want to live their lives. So this man agreed to get the mandate, but he had a fake arm, a rubber foam arm. And obviously they find out because, you know, you work in the medical field, you ain't stupid. Now he could possibly face criminal charges. Like why? I just, I'm not understanding. You can totally live your life and not get the vaccine, but you can't go to certain places. It's just how it is. It's how we're moving forward in the world. But don't try to test people's intelligence with a freaking rubber foam arm this is just dumb on so many levels and now you're gonna go to jail for it come on also the financial stupidity of it all because the vaccine is free and the foam arms were not so the math was not mathing when you made that decision let's jump into regular regular news so our guy our favorite bravo person andy cohen he received a star on the hollywood rock of fame also happy for him he's like he is bravo to me that's he is housewives oh i'm happy for all his achievements love me some andy cohen i love all the mess and shade that he brings and you're right he definitely put that whole network on the map because i be here for the housewives below deck project runway all the messy mess mess joining him were john mayer serena and garcelle bouvet to celebrate his achievement yeah, it's just that I connect him with Bravo, but he has so many friends in the industry. Like, we love him and Anderson Cooper, but I also forget that him and John Mayer are such close friends. But you know what? That is a well-deserved star. You go ahead, Andy. And now let's talk about the brat. She's having a baby, but what happened? She's having a baby, but her family, or more specifically, her sister, Lisa Ray, had to find out via social media. That's not right. Yeah, no. And they actually are pretty tight. It's not like, you know, they don't really talk like that. So I'm really shocked that she would do that. I'm not happy with finding out my sibling. I don't care whether we're really close or not. Is having a child on the social and the media, especially as a celebrity. Like they're both celebrities. You should have told her. 
Yeah, and I mean, I think that what's also adding a an additional layer of being messed up is that they just started mending their relationship after they got into it a couple years ago on social media, on TV, going back and forth. But McCoy, she kept the real 100 when she revealed that she found out through social media that her rapper sister is expecting a baby with her girlfriend, Jessica Dupart. And I think Dupart has also contributed to that rift between Debrat and Lisa. Listen, I don't care what kind of riff you having. I don't care if we're not even speaking. You better reach out, send me a text, or leave me a voicemail. And let me know, listen, I know we ain't seeing eye to eye right now, but I'm having a baby. And you know what? That will open all lines of communication. I should not find that on social media. That is not how that shit works. But speaking of finding things out accidentally, girl, we done all found out what Nelly was working with not too long ago after he accidentally posted and then deleted a video of him receiving some, let's call it extracurricular activities from a young lady. Nelly ain't shit. I mean, we knew this from when he was in Ashanti and when he was there. He dated them for years. Like, almost, you know, the double-digit years, but not that long. Then he dated that other woman. I forget her name, but she used to date uh, Floyd Mayweather. And I'm just like, why do you keep basically stringing women along? And now, you out here trying to tell me that you accidentally put up a video of you receiving oral sex from a woman like that was an accident from your own phone come on an old video too it's not even like it was something recent like you you did this on purpose i feel like you have a way of just embarrassing women embarrassing women embarrassing yourself embarrassing your brand you just no yeah, his brand is embarrassing women. But you know what? Nelly do better. Like, he posted an apology about it, and he did try to delete the video. But, of course, people already saw it and started taking screen grabs and resharing basically what everyone does on the social media when you're a celebrity. Like, there's no way that you can accidentally post a video of this. This is intentional. You have to go into like the app, whatever app it is, go through the steps of saying, yes, this, this, this post, you knew what you were doing. And you did this purposely to this woman. Well, it's not even that it's also because it was an old video. So it's not like he was accidentally recording live when he meant to record separately. He needed to have gone into his old videos, looked at the video, click share. If you got an iPhone, it takes you to a whole other three step party thing that you can't just Share directly from your photo album. That's what I'm saying. It took many steps for this to get out. So you have a history of being an ancient man who likes to humiliate and take advantage of women. Do better. And now we're going to get into that BAN of the week because bitch assness knows no bounds. And this week's BAN is that Tinder swindler who is trying to use his fame from out here lying to all these women and squeezing them out their monties and goals and shit, wanting to now use that to enter Hollywood and start his own new dating show. Can you believe this shit? I can because he's an asshole. So a source told E! News that the alleged tinder swindler even though we know he did these things right, simon right. leviv is working on a dating show after being banned from the dating app tinder and other dating apps because of this huge netflix show that basically was a documentary about this man using women and getting them to give him a ton of money and putting them in debt but it's different because he actually dated these women for months like he legitimately dated them for months like they yeah, he dated them for months to get their monties. 
but they were actually like seeing each other like they met in person like he actually took them out on lavish dates but he would get the money from these other women to then date these other women like it was a whole scheme that he had going on but they had he had real relationships with these women they had trust in each other but he was just playing a part so he was out here running a ponzi scheme using twitter as the intermediary no wonder he banned yes so the thing is the only thing that was alive was basically yes he didn't have money and his name but he was in person like he was who he was and that's the reason why he's out of jail it's because these women gave him their money willingly but they didn't even have this money they took out loans they sold valuable assets sold homes and a ton of things to get money to give him because he he said he was rich and they saw the lavish things that he would get for them you know what i mean like he showed them like hey i have this life but something happened to my money i'm you know it's put on hold or something right now that this netflix documentary has came out and everyone knows about him he has gained some fame and he wants to get a dating show deal where he would basically advise others advise others on what how to cut women out of their money basically okay so this is what we do it in 2022 wasting women's time still again because he is free and he wants to pursue a career in hollywood now uh i just it's beyond me it's really sad but again he did serve 15 months in jail simply for theft and, and forgery but those women are not getting their money back because they gave it to him willingly he was sentenced to 15 but he got out early and only did five you're right. He was sentenced to 15. But my thing is, it's sad because they are in deep debt. So he can be out here just defrauding women out of more than like in total millions of dollars and only serve five months and now try to get a job while these women are out here working three, six, nine jobs to be able to get themselves out of debt. But we got people sitting in prison for a little bit of weed. Okay. Yes, but the worst part is we know that somebody is going to make a deal with him. Someone's going to give him a show. He will find a way to make a lot of money in Hollywood because, well, this ain't shit business. My favorite part of the show is time for... We out here with it, baby. So the Oscars 2022 hosts are Regina Hall, Wanda Sykes, and Amy Schumer. We have a full-on funny female shebang going on right now. And they were officially named the hosts of the 94th Academy Awards. This is the first time they are having hosts since 2018. Wasn't it since the whole uh, Kevin scandal shebang? So he was supposed to do it in 2019, but then he had to step down because of everything that went on with his resurfacing of insensitive jokes. And 2021 was another garbage year. Mm-hmm. Yep. So with this all-female cast, they have some changes for this year's show. Twitter users will get to vote for their favorite movie of 2021. I mean, what is so special about that? They've been doing that on other shows like the People's Choice Awards, MTV Awards, BET Awards, NAACP Awards. Why is this new? Here, Twitter users are going to be able to vote for the movie even if it wasn't officially nominated. So any film, anyone can hit the hashtag Oscars fan favorite. Then all of those hashtags will get counted by March 3rd. And the film that has the most tags will be able to win that award. I feel like this is a garbage way to get social media into the Oscars. And I feel, they need viewership. Of course they need viewerships and they need to get like, you know, the social media play in on it. But if you win, 
right, this award from the Twitter users, aren't you going to feel like it's not a real Oscar? That's how I would feel. Academy didn't vote for it. Yes and no, because, you know, the Academy is extremely problematic in that it's entirely white. That's why there have also been issues with Oscar So White and all of the uproar in terms of the lack of diversity across many of the different categories. But I do understand the other flip side of that, where this does open the door for people to be fucking jokers and go in there and nominate things that aren't even movies at all. Well, that's the thing is that the Academy is still not changing. They are still nominating only the movies they deem worthy. And the people who will win, well, not the people, the movie that will win this, you know, special Twitter users, the people voted for it. That's fine and all, but the Academy is still going to be who they are. You're not going to have that much diversity. Like it's nothing's changing. Just this one award. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not feeling it. I'm not for it. And I'm still not watching. But we're going to get on to some better news. Simone Biles is engaged, y'all. <laughs> hey, our favorite 24-year-old gymnast has a fiancé. Mm. And good for her. She's out here winning all the ting-tings and doing all the Black girl magic, despite all the haters out there trying to keep her down. Yeah, so she announced on Valentine's Day that she was engaged to her now fiance, Jonathan Owens. And she just went on to say, hey, I said the easiest yes. She told us on Instagram and she showed us photos of her proposal. I'm so happy for her. Yes. To black women with the love. And let's talk about Erin Jackson. She won the fastest female medal in speed ice skating. I mean, the Black Girl Magic is amazing. The Black Girl Olympic Magic, okay? That's right, yes. The 29-year-old former inline skater won the only gold medal for the U.S. in speed skating at the 2022 Winter Olympics. Well, after she won, she said, I just hope it will do something for the sport. Listen, I'm all here for Black Girl Magic, especially in sports that won. I'm going to be honest with you, I don't regularly give a damn about the Winter Olympics, but now that I know people of color are being aptly represented, I'm there. And now Sherry Shepard nabs her own talk show. (laughs) She is named as the permanent replacement for the Wendy Williams show as Wendy is still out and she will be out for the rest of the season. There were actually some reports the other day that said that her show is canceled after the season and that Sherry will be starting her own talk show in the fall. But for now, Sherry will continue hosting the Wendy Williams show. I'm just like, well, damn, what a way to go out. But not for nothing, Wendy had a good 12 years of running her own talk show and 13 seasons of the talk show. So she did not return for this season of the talk show, but she's been through a lot. She did. And we really need to recognize that at least in doing it this way, she's putting her health, her mental health at the forefront, which is really all we can ask for. She has been giving us years of good, hot, messy tea, and she just wants to make sure that the show is given due justice. So all we can say is prayers up, queen. Yes, prayers all the way. And now Antonio Brown is the president of Kanye West clothing line, Don the Sport. Oh, how interesting. I mean, yay, I guess. I don't is this good? Is this bad? What could we possibly expect? It was announced last week that Antonio Brown has joined Kanye West Don the Sports. And it's now been revealed that the former Buccaneers player will be assuming the role of president for the organization. 
He revealed his new position by taking to social media and posting an invoice for over $2 million that he spent at the owner suite at the Super Bowl, as well as a batch of lower VIP passes. I mean, I guess you got to floss. You got to fly what you got. Listen, I'm all here for, you know, people making moves, black men, you know, having their own businesses and employing other black men. That's great. Claps all around. But the mental healthness of it all that is happening here is a huge red flag, question mark, exclamation point, dead face skull emoji. All the things are happening here. And I just hope that that company doesn't go under because of all the mental health issues. Because I wouldn't say that Antonio Brown is exactly the paragon of mental wellness at the moment. And neither is Kanye. That's a no for me. Definitely neither is Kanye. Girl, I don't know. Hopefully they got some really good ass consultants on the side. That's what I'm saying. I'm hoping that the other people there who are actually doing the job and the work really know how to handle these two men. And that's where I'm going to keep it. But in all that, I am so very happy for all these people who are winning. Clap to them. Let's get into these good watches, y'all. Check this out. Showtime is really pulling out all the stops with their upcoming series called The First Ladies. It will be starring Viola Davis as Michelle Obama, Michelle Pfeiffer as Betty Ford, and Gillian Anderson as Eleanor Roosevelt. Oh, this sounds good. First of all, anything Michelle Obama, I'm here for. Viola Davis playing Michelle. Oh, I have to see this. Like I can't, I can't wait to see how she reimagines Michelle. But also, I think this is amazing to have a series about the women behind the men because they was really running the show. And you know what? I'm gonna change that. I'm not gonna say behind the men, the women beside the man who made the man who he was. Because without them, oh. We wouldn't have it. Exactly. And what I like about this series is that it follows the first ladies as they undertake the role of being the most important lady in the land. And I love that off rip. They're recognizing that. Love it. Can't wait for it to come out. Now let's talk about Fat Tuesdays on Prime. So it is a three episode docu-series that celebrates Tori's Fat Tuesdays at the Comedy Store. So the influential comedy showcase that helped launch the careers of so many famous Black comedians in the industry. I mean, the list goes on. I am here for that. Fat Tuesdays is the inspiring story of how a little experiment to help Black comedians following the tragedy of the 1992 LA riots turned into a triumphant must-see experience. I really like this because we all know that that showcase regularly brought people together from all walks of life. We're talking about icons and ex-cons, stars, starlets, pros and regular Joes for one purpose. And that's really to be able to laugh through the pain. And that's what we need right now. Yeah, but also back in the day in the 90s, if you weren't on Fat Tuesdays, nobody knew you. Like that was the right. thing you meant to get put on. And it really did launch other careers. So I can't wait to jump into that when I finish on my other shows. But another really good one we need to check out is Being Bobby Brown, Every Little Step. So, you know, we all love us some Bobby Brown, but right now he's gearing up to debut a new series and this one's on A&E. He's going to give fans into a rare glimpse of his life after he visits all the emotions that he goes through while visiting the gravesite of his late ex-wife and their daughter. Ugh. I would definitely want to see this, but I know it's going to be a hard watch. He's been through a lot. Girl, talk about being through it. 
According to A&E, Brown's 12-episode series will give his fans an exclusive look at his life with his now-wife, Alicia Etheridge-Brown, and their children as he focuses on new business ventures, new music, as well as the 22 reunion with new edition on the Culture Tour. Girl, we got to get tickets for that. Yes, I was about to say, we got to go see that. I forgot. Okay, so we got to see that. But on top of that, I'm just happy that through all of, you know, the sad and the sorrow he went through, he still has love. He has family. Like, he has other children. He has a wife. And so he has something to help him stay on the right track. But he has not forgotten, you know, those loves that he's lost. And speaking of not forgetting, girl, guess who's back? Hallelujah, my dear. See, now I'm all fine with, you know, continuing the Medea-ness, but you said that she was gone. Tyler Perry, you said Medea was done. Like you weren't doing Medea again. And now here she goes on the Netflix. Yeah, I'm fine with it, but just don't say, you know what I'm saying? Don't say that this is it just so you can get everybody to come and watch. And then two, three years later, you bring it again. I mean, Medea wasn't just gone. Didn't he kill her? Wasn't the last one called Medea's Family Funeral or some shit like that? But I stopped watching after, you know, the first two, three movies because that was the best one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the last one was the funeral one and, sh- and she done died. So I don't understand how she's now coming back. But now she's coming back, I guess, you know, inspired by Beyonce's, you know, homecoming and all that. This is debuting on Netflix. Of course, Tyler Perry's doing the writing, the acting, the producing, the editing, the makeup, the, the wardrobe, the hair. He's doing every damn thing so he can keep his monies, which I'm not mad at. But can you give some people jobs like come on bro damn or you know give somebody an opportunity to write you a storyline that makes some sense how about that so he starred in the film of course as Medea and Medea's great grandson's college graduation is basically the plot and storyline so it's a celebratory moment and that's where we're coming through with the homecoming kind of like essence of black colleges and schools so we're gonna see a lot of familiar faces up in here and I'm like you know what Tyler Perry make your coins do your thing i'm not even mad we shall see we shall see but you know if there's one thing that you can count on with a tyler perry production is some messy hidden secrets and some messier ass family drama and some bad wigs that is also true but you know who is not rocking a bad wig who is it our queen zoe kravitz who will be debuting as the new Catwoman in the upcoming batman flick this march I can't wait to see this. I love me some Zoe Kravitz. I just love to see celebrities and their children also like working in their own right and really becoming their own celeb and like a great actress as well. So seeing her as Catwoman, I know she's going to do it right. Yeah, she'll be starring alongside Robert Pattinson, who will be playing the Batman in the titular film. See, that doesn't make sense to me. I don't get it. My students told me that Robert Pattinson was playing the new Batman and we spent 15 minutes talking about why that shit just ain't rocking. You can't just get any random person to do it. And like Robert Pattinson is a good actor, but what? It's the same way they got Ben Affleck. What? I don't recognize him as Batman. I'm sorry. I never will. It's just not for me. (laughs) It's not. Well, let's move on to things that weren't recognized at first, but then it became love. Love is blind on Netflix. The new season is out and get into the messy, Sully, because you already saw it, right? I did. I started watching it with my dad, who is now newly obsessed with Love is Blind. He doesn't really understand what the people are saying, but if there's one thing he knows is when people be crazy and 
as expected, we got messy, strangely addicting individuals coming in here trying to find love because they haven't been able to find it traditionally. It's by the same producers as Married at First Sight, but I'm going to say that this drama is way better. Oh, it's definitely better because at this point, Married at First Sight is only set up to be trash. But what I will say is that for your dad, it doesn't matter whether he knows what they're saying. Entertainment and drama and mess does not need to be translated, okay? It does not. And crazy eyes will be crazy in whatever language you speak on it. And let's get into this good listen from our girl who killed at the Super Bowl halftime, Mary J. You know, Mary is a classic for the culture. She will always be doing her thing. And there is nothing that comes out that does not slap. And that includes her new album, Good Morning Gorgeous. I've been bumping it since its debut on February 11th. And girl, every song on their hits. Oh, I like that. I got to take a listen. And I love that title too. Good morning, gorgeous. I'm going to make sure I say that to myself every day. Mm. I was listening to her interview on The Breakfast Club and she actually said that that was the inspiration behind the title of the album is that she was going through a time where she never really felt that she was amazing. She never really felt that she was beautiful or gorgeous. So she got into the habit of every single morning, no matter how tired she was, how run down the week has been. She wakes up in the morning, she looks in the mirror and she says, good morning, gorgeous, every single day. And I love that type of positive affirmation. I really like that. I, I really am going to start doing it. Mm. No one else can make me feel this way. Good morning, gorgeous. Good morning, gorgeous. Ooh, child, it's time for the sad blackity black ass truth. So here we go, Megan McCain. No good news ever comes after someone says her name. So apparently she wrote an essay about the reboot for And Just Like That. But she wrote this for the Daily Mail column and she basically shat all over the series talking about how terrible it was because it was trying to be too woke. Now, I do have my gripes about how the newly reimagined favorite show that I love turned out but at the same time Megan McCain also mentioned prior to Sex in the City's Ruby coming out last summer she said that Sex in the City didn't age that well because it was just a bunch of white women in Manhattan and basically there was no diversity so now that there's diversity it's trash because they're trying to be too old girl which one is it make it make sense Exactly. Like pick a lane and stick with it. Also, Megan McCain, sorry, but not sorry. You are not the representative of the culture to say what does and does not hit in terms of diversity. It's one thing for diverse people to say, oh, you know, it's cute that y'all bringing all of this diversity and reflecting on what New York City should look like. But you are not the one to talk about whether or not it was done correctly, because what the fuck do you know? And let's let's get some actual quotes. What did she actually say? So she claimed that the problem with the new series is the clumsy attempt to reformat the show into the woke and puritanical times we are living in. And then she went on to add that people today or show formats today are clearly concerned about angering the wrong people being politically incorrect or not sufficiently progressive. Now, I will say that being a fan of this show for so many decades and then seeing the reboot, I was so happy to see them come back. And I do say that they were trying to do too much and show a lot in these 
10 episodes that they had. But at the same time, they could not leave these things out and please everyone. Because if they were to come back and still be the same women that they were decades later, that's not a reality of what 2022 looks like. So for them to talk about lesbianism, transgender, uh, you know, cisgender, bringing in multiple races, talking about all the things, podcasts, like you have to see these three white women who we saw in the 90s, how would they live in today's world? And I actually think that that's exactly how they would live. They would need to have diverse friends that they brought in to show them how to navigate the different conversations that they didn't have. Because if they didn't have these friends, How would they know how these perspectives look like? And in 2022, no one would believe that you're going to have a show that doesn't showcase richity rich black people, that doesn't showcase different gender identities, different sexual orientations like that shit just doesn't make sense. And in New York City, of all places. Exactly. And I mean, Carrie Bradshaw is a writer. To have her just writing on her laptop, that doesn't make sense anymore. She needs to be on a podcast. She needs to be talking about like her future. She went through a death. Like there's so many different things, but to show that there is, you know, an Indian American woman on the show, a black woman with a black family, you know, a black professor, all of these things that, you know, white people might be saying but we'll never say out loud. That's what Sex in the City was back in the 90s. And that's what they did today. They're still going there. So even though I didn't personally like the way all the things came together, I still appreciate that they brought it there because it needed to be had. You, you have Charlotte's child who wants to be identified as a different gender and she wants to be called a different name. This is what's happening in America. Hello. But you know, our queen, Nicole Ari Parker, was ready to gather those edges girl or lack of gather the laughter the baldness because she went on to say comments like that say more about the person saying them and i'm gonna pause there and say two snaps on you sis because that is true period maybe in your living room when you step outside or you go to the grocery store it looks the same maybe it is too much for you for these characters in new york city it is not hmm And that is very true. And what I love about this is that Nicole Parker has lived in New York. Megan McCain has lived in New York. But I assure you, they're living two different realities. And as, you know, Sally and I, as Black women who grew up and, you know, live in New York still, we know this to be true, that you can find all of this literally in one block. In one borough, you can find all these different types of storylines and people. And so this is very much um, New York City 2022. So I don't have a problem with it. I think they tried to jam in too much. But again, we have 10 episodes. We have 10 episodes. It was a very short season. But also, it's just like, it's so fucking annoying when we see these bland ass white women getting so bothered when other identities and perspectives are being are at least trying to be represented equally like why is it of any business of yours how is it hurting your identity to have someone else's highlighted yes and i get that she was tasked to write about the reboot for this daily mail column but at the same time it's like write it for what it is not for what you viewed it as from your own perspective and not the minorities that you claimed you needed and wanted to see in the reimagining of the show. Right. She's one of these people that call for diversity, but only for the quote unquote right type of diversity. Exactly. Let's get into Celeb News Reality Roundup. 
girl all the celebrities is having all the babies out here and everybody is out here celebrating although i think you might not be as happy about this one <laughs> no i am not happy but i am happy for romeo formerly known as little romeo and masterpiece son i have always been obsessed with romeo and you know now he's a grown-ass man early 30s and he has welcomed his first child a baby girl with his girlfriend i'm happy for him and he's out here with the generational wealth won't he do it yeah he definitely took a page out of his daddy's book on this one his announcement on the birth was super cute he took to instagram and he posted a really beautiful picture of the baby and in the caption he wrote it's been hard to hold this in but it was important for us to make sure our baby girl got here safe and healthy before making any announcements to the world during the sacred journey i really love this they're all about protecting the space protecting the health of the baby not really out here posting up for no instagram but in addition to that girl guess what what him and his girlfriend have created a baby clothing line and the company's name is called Drewy Co. His daughter is actually a major shareholder. Won't he do it? I really, really love that. And that's one thing about Romeo. Master P raised him so right. Like he always talks about the Lord. He's always talking about preaching Bible verses and then also getting that wealth in his family and making sure that it goes through the generations. And he just does so well. So now that he He's a dad. He has this new girlfriend he just introduced to us all over the holidays, really. I think Thanksgiving. And so now that they have a baby girl and it seems like it's some real true love, I'm happy for it. I'm sad it's not me, but I'm still happy for him. As Biggie said, it's all love. It's the Brooklyn way. And speaking of it's all love, let's keep the baby train going. Eve has given birth to a beautiful, healthy baby boy and girl. Let's talk about this name. Yeah, I don't, I can't. Like, we know that they're celebs and your child is never going to be like, you know, regular degulars like us. But at least give them a name that, come on, makes a little bit more sense. Just make it make sense a little bit. Make it make sense. So she named her baby boy Wild Wolf Thief Alexander Summers Cooper. That's about five names too many. But you know what? They're rich. So it don't really matter anyway. And honestly, it kind of still goes with the theme of her other stepchildren's names because they are a little bit off the beaten path. So we know that this is the first child for Eve, but the fifth child for her British race car driver husband. Since they got married in 2014, she's been a very happy stepmom to her husband Cooper's children named Lotus, Jagger, Cash, and Minnie. That's a big age difference between Minnie and this new one, though, because his youngest child before this one was 13. I know. But you know what? Eve is in her early 40s. So, you know, the people could start at teenagers. Who knows nowadays? But the fact of the matter is I'm still more for his other kids names than this one. Wild Wolf Thief. And her husband's name is Maximilian. I don't know. But you know what? Y'all got money. So good for you. But again, with this wolfy wolf stuff. Kylie Jenner and Travis Scott also welcomed their baby boy around the same time that Eve did. Obviously, they already planned these names, but Kylie and Travis's son is named Wolf Webster. What? I can't. Are they competing with Nick Cannon? Is there like a celebrity competition on celebrities' weirdest baby names? There probably is. And I don't know who would win because these top the cake. 
And now we're going to move on to a little bit more, you know, Jenner Kardashian clan situation. Kanye has a Kim K lookalike, which we already mentioned a little bit earlier, but he brought this lookalike to his listening party. And in the, around the same time, he let us know that him and Julia aren't together anymore. Mind you, y'all were only dating for all of a month, actually a month to the day. You weren't even together anymore. Talking about it's an open relationship. My whole thing is if y'all want to smash and have a good time, great. But why do we need to see you making out everywhere and pictures on a daily just for a month later? It's over. And also who really is shocked that Julia and Kanye are no longer together when he spent the majority of their so-called relationship telling Kim how much he wanted her back, that he was going to get his family back, that he was going to beat up Pete Davidson for breaking up his family. That doesn't really seem to me like it's conducive for a healthy relationship with somebody else. It's a no for me. But we know what she was there for. She was there for the clout. She claims she's dated other billionaires and millionaires before. Bye. None of them are Kanye. None of them gave you the notoriety. Nobody knew who you were. At least I did it. And I still don't know. But we know your name. And moving on, Kanye is still, still going after Kim. And he's saying, I want you back. But he's also doing it in the worst way. He's going after the family. And he put out messages on social media, private text messages that they've had. He's talked about how she's raising their daughter, their eldest daughter, and is doing the most. Like, there's no way you're coming back from this. So you got to let it go. And not only that, as we've mentioned before, the only people who are suffering out of all this are the children that will have to relive this messy ass divorce in the court of public opinion over and over and over again for basically as long as they live. That's just not okay. And now he keeps using the daughter as an excuse to be a go-between in terms of, oh, she's not letting me raise my daughter right. She's not letting me inside the house to visit my kids on their birthdays to celebrate with them. And now in his latest antic, he's saying that Kim thought that Kanye was trying to put a hit out on her. Again, it's all very messy and Kanye needs to just stop. Like at this point, please just let these two get divorced. They have houses across the street from each other so the kids can easily get from one location to the next. But they really don't have to communicate, especially if Kanye is acting like this. But you know what? Speaking about wanting that old thing, thing back. Here comes Nick Cannon again. On Valentine's Day, because apparently he had nothing better to do outside of taking care of his 9011 kids. Nick Cannon decided to release his new song called Alone, which many out on the socials are assuming is about his ex-wife, Mariah Carey. Why would they think that, Tree? I mean, simply because he actually, like, wrote things in there that's specifically to her. He said, as much as I want you back, it's probably better where you at, because I'm still running the streets. I'm still all in the sheets. I mean, obviously you're talking about your ex-wife, but on top of that, Mariah does not care. She has a boyfriend that she's been with for quite some time. And Nick, you currently are expecting and waiting for your eighth child to be born. You literally have had five kids in a matter of two years. Why you're even mentioning your ex-wife name is beyond. And let's be serious here. Mariah is much more elevated to want to be a part of his harem of babies' mothers. This is true. And now somebody that's given Nick Cannon a run for his money as far as babies. Ooh, child. Kiki White is having yet another child. 
I thought she already had one. Oh, she did. She had one last, actually 2020. She had one in 2020. Now she is expecting her 11th child. She just mentioned that her and her current husband, Zachariah David Daring, who got married in 2018, they are expecting their next child, which is her 11th. This is her third marriage, I believe. Girl, don't let Lynn Cannon hear that. I thought he just said that he was done having kids not too long ago. He may change his mind after hearing this. I don't know. But listen, the thing is, as long as you have the money and the love to support them, do you. But 11 is a lot. 11 is a lot for any time, period. But especially in 2022, child, bless your vagina. Okay. I'm going to start calling her Fertile Myrtle. Kiki Fertile Myrtle Wyatt. There you go. That's it. Now let's get into these really, really great shows that we've been watching. Oh, my God. The reimagination of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, otherwise known as Bel-Air on Peacock. So I just want to say that I am biting my tongue for my initial reaction upon hearing that Bel Air was coming back as a reboot. Because when I saw this shit on the socials, I was like, who the fuck asked for this? Nobody. Like, why are we constantly rebooting all of our childhood shows and then ruining it? But you know what? Pow Pow Selly, you spoke too soon because this is the reboot we all needed and we didn't know we wanted. Exactly. Pow, pow for real, because I will gladly say I was dead wrong. I was like, nobody asked for it, but the trailer looked good. Honey, the trailer ain't nothing compared to the actual show. It is so good. All of the characters and how they've developed them. They have substance now. They have real black people magic. Oh, my God. I I love everything about it. And all of the acting is superb. The music, the hair, the fashions. Mm-hmm. I am here for the fashions. I am here for that playlist. I am bumping that playlist on title every single day. It is getting me through work. I am 100% living for the reimagined version of Jeffrey. Because let me tell you, I was just about to ask, who's your favorite? Girl, Batman Jeffrey. And he a real Batman. Batman forward, Batman pull up. Batman forward, Batman pull up. He's looking so good. Jeffrey looked fine. Um, Uncle Phil looked fine. fine. Everybody looks good. Fine. And you know what? Where they have taken Carlton is, I believe it's very true to 2022. As like a rich kid, a rich black kid in a predominantly white school, I feel like all the things he's doing, you know, the drugs and going to any length to really get his way like that's real because when you think about it the original carlton from the sitcom there's no way that in real life he would have ended up like that i'm like bro the 90s you went to a richy rich white ass school and you were this clean cut guy come on there's no way there's no way but see that's the thing i love the original for what it is but i love this now current reimagination because it's everything you have hillary who couldn't cook at all in the original and now she has her own growing business she's a chef she's out there trying to be an entrepreneur she has work ethic that the original hillary didn't know not a damn thing about and this will mm, i like this well he's talented he got all the, the smarts the street smarts and it's so weird because i can still see like the original will but i still see them in each other i i love it i just Again, claps all around. Even Jazz. Jazz is not dumb anymore, although I do miss, you know, Jazz being thrown out the palace. I love that he has this hustle. He finds who? Everything about it. Chills. I read Will's book, his memoir. I just finished it not too long before this premiered. So having read the book and looking at these characters, I can definitely see 
his producer, his EP mark on this Bel Air show because I'm starting to notice that the jazz character especially is much closer to the jazz in real life than how he was portrayed in the sitcom. Also with the Will character, so the part where he plays piano, Will in real life, he took piano lessons with his grandmother and that's exactly how it plays out in the show. So seeing all these little nuanced things, you can see where he's bringing himself into the role and it's really making that come alive. And what I also love about it is that Will Smith, he was an original producer, you know, on the original show. So him, also Quincy Jones, also Benny Medina, the original people who were a part of that NBC network, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, is a part of this reboot, which is even better because you have the original minds and then you have all the people to make it come to life. So I like the where they're taking it. And I love that this is actually on Peacock because I was just about to say, damn, I wish this wasn't on Peacock so like more people could see it. But then again, it's like, no, I need them curses, though, because the cursing every now and again, it's like, that's how you really feel. You got to take it there. If you want to say F you, Carlton, if you want to say F you, Will, I am here for it. So everybody just needs to get Peacock. Literally, everyone that's watched it is like obsessed. And I am 100% obsessed with Blackity Black Aunt Viv. She don't take no shit. Her husband knows she don't take no shit and he ain't trying to play these games with his wife. First of all, I hope they have more than like just 10 episodes. I need it to be a lot more because right now there are four episodes out and I need more. I need more. Let's move on to Bravo. We have a new season of Below Deck Ceiling Yacht that just dropped. And guess what? It's a good one. And thank the Lord, because after last season with Captain Lee, which was a hot ass mess, I'm happy that Captain Glenn has a whole new crew, not all new, a few similar faces, but um, they are messy and we live for the mess. Girl, they was getting messy within, I want to say, minute seven of this premiere episode. Yes, but not just the people that work there. We have the primary charter guest hitting on the second stew and talking about his penis size. He even was insinuating that he's gay, but then he brings up his penis size. I don't know what his game was there. Like, how does that work for you? Are you leading with money or are you leading with small penis? Because one does not work out. And then I also didn't like the way that he kept asking her who she was going to be fucking that night. It kind of seemed he was trying to make an innuendo in that she should be sleeping with him. And then it got me thinking to all these different situations where I go, if you're the last steward is standing with the charter guest, that kind of puts you in a pretty precarious position. And you need to be the type of person who knows how to set up boundaries. So I like the way that Gabrielle is handling this so far. But that charter guest, he needs to take all the seats. Yeah, it was very wrong and uncomfortable just to watch. So I can't even imagine what she was going through. Now, let's get to Gary, right? Gary's the bosun? Yeah, the bosun with the hair. Child, he's so messy. I love how he said, I'm not hooking up with anybody on deck this season because he was a bit of a mess last season. But we already see in the preview that he's kissing at least the three women that are on the stew team. Mm -hmm. And I'm just a little confused, but again, it all looks very, very good and messy. And you have the new green deckhand who was about to throw up trunks on the captain while he was supposed to be sleeping. Green for real. You got to know how to party hard. And if you are sharing a room, a cabin with 
the captain, you just can't be drinking. You can't do it. I knew they fucked up when Glenn had to come out of his room and tell everybody to go night night. Yeah, but I also really like Daisy this season. She's a lot more loose. She's having more fun. I I don't want to say that she was stuck up and uptight, but I only saw one episode and I'm here for this Daisy (laughs) because, yeah. I am here for Chef Marcos. Oh, yeah, he's fine. I like. Mm -hmm. He's fine, fine. And his food is so good that the charter guests just kept asking for more and more. And also, he's cooked for the best people. What do you say? Beyonce, Jay-Z, J-Lo. Shakira. Shakira. He cooked for all of them. So, hey, Marco, I want some. You know what, though? I do have a little bit of a bone to pick with production on this show, though. Why? Have you noticed how they put uh, subtitles? What he says. Remember, they used to do the same thing with Kiko. Like, we couldn't understand what the fuck he was saying. I don't like when they do that. And Bravo does that a lot. It's not just on this show. I've seen it on Project Runway. Like, they put... It's just so crazy. Because they put it for certain people. Exactly. And we could clearly hear what they're saying. Like, it's English. We hear. I could understand everything that Marcos was saying and his accent isn't even that thick. Like he perfectly enunciates all his words. So I don't appreciate how they have subtitles for him, but they don't have subtitles for Daisy or Gary who have much thicker accents, by the way. Very true. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying we watching Bravo. I'm taking notes. We see what they're doing there. Now we're going to move on. We are moving on to the show we love to hate. A Tyler Perry production you all have been following along with us, known as Sisters. Yeah, I don't think I can say I hate it anymore because I actually look forward to it every week again. Tyler Perry's on my good side. But what I will say is that the love couple of Zatima, known as Fatima and Zach, they just keep getting better and better. I'm so happy. He shared his passcode with her on his phone because they accidentally picked up the wrong phone, each other's phones and went to work. So then when they found out, he gave his passcode. He asked for hers and she gave a fake passcode. He didn't know that though, but that's funny. That's my girl. You get the real code and you give out a fake code. Yes. That's right. Was mine, was yours is mine, was mine is mine, bitch. Yes. And he even surprised her in bed with a bunch of photos of her sleeping. Cause he said, I just love to watch you sleep. So he got a bunch of pictures developed and put it all over in the bathroom. I mean, how sweet. Who knew that Zach had this sweet side? Well, that's because he actually really loves Fatima as opposed to that other girl that he may or may not be having a baby with. True. And now the lawyer, you know, she's dealing with Gary. Gary done, while she was at work one day, she comes home to find her apartment completely empty. He basically bought the penthouse in her building and moved all of her stuff to the penthouse. He also gifted her a really expensive car with a bunch of clothes and bags in it. And I'm like, you can't buy her your love. She's saying no. And you are trying to buy her. It's weird. Was this after he set up the threesome between her and the other lawyer at the job? Yes, but they never explained it. I'm so confused because I'm like, wait, what happened to that? But The show keeps moving on and then I actually forget too. I'm confused. That's all. Yeah, I don't like that. He skips over all of the really good juicy parts and then leaves all of these unfinished businesses. Yes. And everybody else, I mean, honestly, they're not really worth talking about except for Karen who says she's pregnant. She finally told, you know, the new boo that she's pregnant with Zach's baby. And he said, oh, well, how do you know that it's Zach? 
And she said, I just know because he knows when they slept together was around the same time that she slept with her new boo. So he knows that it could be his. Preacher knows. And she's just like, I just know that it's his. And he was like, oh, you want it to be his? I don't understand because the preacher is being so nice about this and to her and forgiving and she just keeps pushing him away. So I don't know where this is going. And now suddenly all the guys play basketball at night together. So Zach now knows Gary. Gary is now, I guess, sort of the financial advisor for Zach. Oh and they Lord. play with they play with the preacher because, you know, the preacher is was supposed to be um, helping Gary through his whatever anger issues. Yes. So they're all kind of like connected now all the guys know each other so i don't know i mean you know i'm here to see where it goes that's a lot it's a lot a lot more that has happened but those are the more important couples that you want to know about how about that i had seen on the twitter sphere where someone had brought up how karen's boyfriend is supposed to be this preacher man right but we don't ever see him at the job we don't ever see him reading scripture we don't ever see him doing any kind of church activity. Well, they prayed like once. Okay. <laughs> so where he be preaching at? Where's the church? Where's the pulpit? Where's the choir? We don't say anything about his personal life anymore. Remember when they met, he was separated from his wife. The wife was cuckoo and killed herself in the damn hair salon. And then the brother came after Karen. They never talk about that. But she has reason for not wanting to be with Preacher. But now Preacher is like a holy saint. And we're just supposed to forget that he had a billion red flags the red flag for me was at the supermarket where he was all up in her grocery basket oh and girl did you see what fatima did to snitchy snitch lawyer oh um hayden hayden yes so we thought he was dead but he ain't dead child he came into work in the next day or two because i don't know how many days passed out he came up with a crutch with two crutches he came in with a cast <laughs> on his leg and she just Yo, Fatima took her foot and knocked over one of his crutches and he almost fell. It was the funniest thing ever. Oh, so I-, I was living for that scene when homegirl took out the brass knuckles and went to town on him. I go, you know what? I'm not going to sit here and condone violence, but I know that's fucking right. You beat that ass. Exactly. I am not for violence, but Fatima is my spirit animal. But I understand. So Tyler Perry, okay, you're doing some good things here. As long as you keep Fatima and Zach going on, I'm interested. I'm watching. Let's move on to Queen's finale. We finally got the final episode of Queen's where they left us with a big whammy. Is Eve going to come back? We don't know because as we just talked about earlier, Eve had a baby and she needs time with her little wild wolf son. And I'm not making fun of her son. That is the son's name. I love the finale, but I don't like the fact that everything is kind of a little bit neatly tied up because it doesn't really give us an avenue into a second season. And I understand why they did it that way, because they're unsure as to whether or not there will be a second season as to whether or not Eve will be coming back. But I need more queens. This is a good ass show with some good tea and storylines that made sense from beginning to end. Yes, Queens, I love how all of the characters evolved. Brandy got married in the finale. Her daughter is a crazy lyricist and she could play some instrument. I forget what she was playing. The piano girl, the piano. She got skill skills. Honestly, they all grew. I also liked um, Muffin. Little Muffin was out here trying to help black people in jail. She got a guy off of death row. Mm-hmm. She, she did a lot of things and the only person i'm sad about is valeria i was like they really did you wrong in this entire series because you were married now you realize you didn't want to be with him you're not having kids like 
there was so many things that could happen for her. And really, she just and it's fine that she's alone. You could be very strong and alone. But I was just like, what was the reason? No, they really did Valeria dirty. First, she ain't had no mama. Then she had a fake mama. Then the mama dead. She got the fake mama arrested. It turns out that the mama had already died. She was in the grave. Then they, like the whole love triangle mess between her, Naomi, and Eric, it got busted up. She finds this man. She falls in love. The man is great. They go back and forth as to whether or not they want children. And now, poof, be gone. The man is gone. And like you, I agree. There is nothing wrong with being alone. You can be strong, independent, and have a completely fulfilling life. But I just don't like the way that they left her storyline unfinished. Very unfinished. But not for nothing. I mean, this was a nice rendition of a musical show. You know, we've had Glee. We've had Empire. And this, ABC has a real good gold mine on their hands. So I really hope they pick up Queens for season two because I need more of it. It's, It's so great. But let's move on to another reboot. We were not mad that it came back. Sex in the Cities and Just Like That. We got to see our our ladies three decades later. I had, you know, I was in my bag about it a little bit because I felt like a lot of the storylines didn't make a whole lot of sense. I felt like they were doing a little bit of a disservice in terms of the diversity because it just seemed like they were throwing everything in and not really giving the stories justice. However, upon further review, you know, and thinking about this, as we mentioned in Sad Blackity Black Ass Truth, they only had 10 episodes. We don't know if they're going to get a second season. So they really had to be able to fit in as many of the storylines as possible because apparently HBO can't afford a full fucking 20 episode season. That's the thing that pisses me off too, because I understand with other, you know, series and I guess with the streaming services now, with all the other streaming services, we get a full season at once. So that's why it takes a lot longer to do. You get the 10 episodes that comes out right away. Within just like that, we still had to wait every week. So it was like, well, why can't you just give me more episodes? But, you know, aside from that, as I was going against what, you know, Megan McCain said, because I too agreed with Megan McCain and with Sally, where I was like, oh, way too much is happening. They're trying to force these storylines in. But again, at the same time, we could not see Sex in the City come back three decades later and not see these things. We had to talk about LGBTQ rights and how children want to identify if they don't feel like they are assigned sex. We had to show uh, diverse friends. We had to show how these three white women, Charlotte, Carrie, and Miranda, how they navigate in 2022 in this new world and the diverse friends they now have. But you know what, girl? And I'm going to piggyback off of something that we've talked about earlier. We need a season two for really one reason above all else. I need Miranda to be dumped. I want her to be alone. I'm so mad that part. that she left Steve. First of all, let's not act like Steve is a saint. Steve definitely cheated on her in what, the first or second movie? So they went through a lot, but it just doesn't seem right to me that she gets to leave him and she gets her happy ending. I don't want that for Miranda. I need that to not happen. I need Carrie and her boss to fuck. Yup. I need to see some boots a-knocking come season two. Okay. Like now that we know this is sex in the city, the only one who's happy is Charlotte. You can still have 
you know, sex with your husband, have your child walk in on you, giving head and all that stuff. That's what we want to see. We need one marriage that's working. Everybody else, we have to see them date multiple people. That's what we like about sex in the city. And I want to see that. So we need another season. HBO, let's make it happen. Look, Charlotte know how to keep her marriage alive. I say, go ahead, girl. And if you want to hit us up to say hey or let us know about any It Be Your Own People moments, send us an email at ibyoppodcast at gmail.com. Hey, y'all. Don't forget to like and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Podcast. And that's all we have for you today on It Be Your Own People. Stay woke, stay alert, and tune in next time.